0: Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. April will mark the return of the Mortal Kombat franchise to theaters as well as HBO Max. I personally am looking forward to it. I thought this would be a good time to actually go back and revisit the original Mortal Kombat film. It's a movie that I really liked when I was growing up. I haven't seen it in probably, I don't know, 20 years? Because of that, I was wondering if I was going to actually still enjoy it. Well, here we go. This is the 1995 Paul W. S. Anderson directed. (laughs) Of course, I couldn't go without using that soundbite of the famous Mortal Kombat yell. I think it's probably one of the most famous yells in history. Me, personally, when I was growing up, the Mortal Kombat franchise was always one that I wasn't too thrilled with. The first game was okay. It wasn't that great. It really caught my eye with Mortal Kombat 2. I think that's how a lot of people feel about the series. The first one was still not bad. The second game, though, that really opened things up. You did have combos and such. The problem with it was it didn't let you know how many hits and you didn't have the dial-a-combo system truly in place yet. As much as everyone would disagree with me, I actually really got into the Mortal Kombat series with Mortal Kombat 3. I think the Mortal Kombat movie actually helped with my enjoyment of the series overall. But we're not really talking about the games. We're talking about how the movie still holds up today. So how does... I really love that soundbite, if you cannot guess. But anyway, so how does the movie actually hold up? The movie holds up pretty well. I was surprised that they took the basic story of the game. They didn't try to really expand on it too much. They actually just let the movie be. I think that's why the movie mostly works. It doesn't take itself seriously. I know the remake coming up is a serious gritty reboot, which I don't know if people will enjoy or not. This one here, the fact that it has that humor going throughout, it really makes a difference. It's not straight up funny, but it feels true to the world, even though everything here is massively cut down from the video games that inspired the film. This is a PG-13 rated Mortal Kombat, so we don't really have too much in the way of violence. I can't even recall any blood really throughout the movie. That doesn't really bother me so much. I think the movie did a good job of trying to take the goofiness of the games, apply it to a slightly more serious feeling movie, while still keeping the charm and humor that the games actually had. I think that's one reason why people were kind of taken by the original Mortal Kombat series, and maybe by the new ones. For one, they were fun. For another, the violence was very cartoony and ridiculous, so it made people accept that a little bit better. While it would have been nice to actually have a little bit more things that resemble the original Mortal Kombat video game, what we got here isn't half bad. We do have the one-on-one fights. They don't ever feel like they're official entries into a tournament outside of the beginning. Maybe this was done as a creative choice to possibly just make it known that the remnants of Outworld, as well as the one that's holding this tournament, Shang Tsung, is evil and corrupt. Maybe I'm really thinking too hard on this one. I don't think the filmmakers really intended for anyone to take a deep look at this movie. It's a movie that is based off of a video game that obviously was geared towards teenage or even pre-teenage fans of Mortal Kombat. It may even be geared towards kids that might not have even played the Mortal Kombat video game. It does a pretty good job overall with the story, it's just lacking if you actually look at it comparing it to the video game. Gearing the movie towards kids definitely seems like the intention here, Because us as the viewer, we have to think in a 1995 mindset. Video games at that point in time were kids stuff. It wasn't what it is now and what it's become. It was still seen as something that kids would do, not something that adults would really do at that time. Even if those very adults that criticized video games as being kids stuff but yet were the very ones that were buying and playing these video games themselves. It's very obvious that this movie, based off of the overabundance of digital effects, which really do not hold up well, I'll get to that in a moment, mix that with some heavily choreographed fight scenes, as well as that thumping soundtrack that's filled with techno as well as metal music of the time. It's very much a product of the 90s as well as being a product that is geared towards the teen and preteen market that would look at this movie as quite possibly the coolest thing ever. As far as the CGI goes, it's definitely a mixed bag. I don't mind the look of the CGI in this film. It's just it dates it heavily. This is when Computer animation wasn't really where it needed to be, but it looked kind of neat in movies when you saw it back in the day when it was originally out. Sadly, more than 20 years later, it doesn't hold up at all. So, while most of those computer animated special effects do not hold up, I think the character of Goro who is a full-on animatronic creation here by Alec Woodruff Jr., is truly a impressive creation that still looks great to this very day. I think if the movie would have went more practical, it might have held up better over time. With the nature of the way the special effects were, I don't see how that was possible. Speaking of Goro as well, I think the voice actor Kevin Michael Richardson, who's been in just about everything doing a voice, He does a great job. I would have actually guessed that it was Macho Man Randy Savage originally, but we know that it wasn't really him, but that that was my first feeling on it. I can definitely hear a little bit of bone saw in his voice. The other truly impressive thing about this movie is the set design. I think the sets look fantastic. They still hold up. They almost look like something that you'd see in an Indiana Jones film. Overall, direction isn't bad as far as... Having an eye for the fights, of course I said they're heavily choreographed, I wish they weren't so cut heavy. If you watch something like this, maybe watch something like The Raid, there's a definite difference between the quality of the fighting here. It definitely works for this movie with what it intends to be, after all it is just a video game movie. It's one of the best video game movies, but it still doesn't make the fighting great. Considering the movie was based off a fighting game, you would have thought that they would have spent a little bit more time or maybe had it look a little different. I was impressed because this is a Paul W.S. Anderson film that I like. I generally don't like his movies. He's made some pretty bad ones over the course of his career. He's a good director for hire, I guess, for different studios because he delivers exactly what they would want, which is simple entertainment. I never cared for Event Horizon very much. various Resident Evil films, Alien vs. Predator. He most recently directed Monster Hunter, which I heard is awful. In this one, Paul W.S. Anderson actually did a decent job. It's surprising. I think the difference is he incorporated a sense of fun into this film. He tried to mimic some of those adventure films from the 80s. Surprisingly, it works out well. It should be noted that this is before he was Paul W.S. Anderson. I have no idea what the W.S. stands for. I'm not going to look it up either. He's just credited as Paul Anderson. There is another film director out there who is far superior. Far, far superior. That's Paul Thomas Anderson. So please don't confuse the two. One gave us Monster Hunter as well as the Resident Evil films. The other gave us great films such as There Will Be Blood, Punch Drunk Love, Boogie Nights the list goes on. If I had to pick one fight that I really enjoyed the most it's the fight between Johnny Cage and Scorpion. I know the more impressive fight is the last one with Liu Kang and Shang Tsung however I really have a soft spot for the one between Johnny Cage and Scorpion. My favorite fighter in Mortal Kombat has always been Scorpion. He was always my go-to character to fight I also like that Johnny Cage got taken to Hell, essentially, by Scorpion. It's almost a Hell death realm, which totally fits since Scorpion's a demon, and the game's lore kind of resides in Hell, so it was cool to see it play out here. Overall, the fight is one of the more impressive ones in the film. It's also set to one of my favorite bands, which is Fear Factory. The song Zero Signal is playing while this is happening. It totally fits the scene. All the various actors playing the characters here, such as Robin Shou as Liu Kang, Lyndon Ashby, who played Johnny Cage, Bridget Wilson is Sonya, and Shang Tsung is played by Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. My favorite actor in this movie has to be Christopher Lambert as Raiden. I like the fact that he's playing Raiden as a sort of jokester. I like his awkward laughs that he decides to do every once in a while. It's kind of funny. He's also very good in the role. I think this is another thing the movie got right. It's pretty spot on with the casting. They did a great job here. Every single actor, feels and looks the way I would expect their live-action counterparts to look like, and even act like. There is one thing I found funny, and that's Johnny Cage's introduction in the movie. It's on a film set, which is appropriate, but that film director that is directing this movie with Johnny Cage, he kind of has a resemblance to Steven Spielberg, not just by the way he looks, but even his voice. Overall, that's a pretty good in-joke. I don't know if anyone else feels that way about that, but it definitely felt like it was Spielberg on that set. It's pretty cool that they actually went and took some inspiration from the movie and used that into the video game. The character of Kano in the movie is Australian. Originally in the games, he wasn't, so surprisingly the games actually kept that lore moving forward. To me, it kind of puts the movie as far as being a little bit more legitimate as far as fitting in with the Mortal Kombat lore. Overall, the years have been extremely kind to 1995's Mortal Kombat. As far as I know, it's still a cult favorite to this very day, possibly because people saw it at the right time in their lives. Watching it now cold, I don't know how many people would feel about it. As far as my feelings on the movie, I feel the movie is still a good video game movie. It's possibly one of the best video game movies of all time, if not the best. Just specifically because it seems to respect the source material, puts its own little spin on it, but it doesn't go too off the rails. There's a lot to like here, specifically from fans and possibly non-fans. That cult following that people hold this movie near and dear to their heart, I feel, It's very well earned. I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can send me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at anchor.fm slash adamanalyzes. If you do have a free moment and are enjoying my podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to continue to make new episodes as well as reach new listeners. But with that being said, be kind and...